If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the cooks from mile high the best part of the Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Having a good time when the orange and blue WIN. Tuning in every day with the good folks down at BSN. Into the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. Broncos training camp 2019. It's day three out here. It is Saturday. We are podcasting and whatever your favorite radio show is, is not producing content today. Ryan, the Broncos are here and we're back, baby. We're back. We are not in our normal tent because the Broncos are working out players and we're not allowed to see, I guess. Super secret stuff's going down, Ryan. Hey, I mean, maybe it's a Demarius Thomas. <laughs> Actually, Stealing him from the Patriots? I think he still has a team. Um, but anyways, we are still here. We're still at Broncos headquarters and we are podcasting on a Saturday. So enjoy. Um, let's jump right into yesterday, Zach. And I don't know... the. The practice itself, I heard multiple media members call it boring. And you know what causes practices to be boring? Stale offense? Good defense. Mm. Good defense. <laughs> it's just like a pitcher's duel, you know? Like people call that boring because they want to see they want to see scoring. Um, I'm pretty sure the only two actually I am sure. The only two long touchdown passes of the day both came off the hands of Brett Rippon. <laughs> one to Bug Howard, who made an awesome catch in traffic. And then the other one to Kalfani Muhammad, which was the play of the day, the very last play of the day. Uh, and Kalfani skied over Alexander Johnson for that play. And you have to remember he's like five five. <laughs> and he launched into the air to get and it. So Alexander, that was cool. Alexander Johnson, on the other hand, is a, a skyscraper. He's, he's a large he's, man. He's six five. <laughs> yes, he is he is large. Um what did you think? What did you make of the defensively heavy practice? Two days in a row, Ryan, this the pressure is insane. I think I, I've told you multiple times these quarterbacks are running so much and this isn't a run quarterback running offense it's not designed but they have to and you know what good good for Joe Flacco he looks way more comfortable on the move than I think anyone would ever guess now do you want to design an offense with him moving no absolutely not and is it good news that he's he's running a lot no absolutely not but it's because this defense this front seven it's like four out of every five plays or two out of every three plays that the quarterbacks are either just get sucked up in the pocket but by the just the, the offensive line just closes on them, they have to step up, or they're just they're just taking out of the pocket because they have to. Yeah, it was rough yesterday, and I wrote in my observations that Joe Flacco wasn't able to air out a throw all day. Once. 
Not, not one. Zero throws. He did not let a ball go that went further than 20 yards for the entire day. Not it, because he didn't want to. Right. Because every single time his, his eyes went from, you know, directly in the middle of the field to down the field, there was someone in his face. And that was disappointing um, because that's a big part of Joe Flacco's game, as we know, is going deep. And, yes, I know. The offensive line is at a stark disadvantage here because they don't have their pads on. And their pads allow them to get, you know, get under. So when you're blocking as an offensive lineman, you want to get your hands up under their pads. Um, you don't want to grab their jersey, but you actually can kind of grab. Um, what you can't do is grab as they're trying to pull away from you. But really what you want to do is get your hands right up under their pads and get leverage on their pads. That's like your little trick is you can use their pads against them. They don't have anything to do that on right now. So they're just trying to, you know, put their hands in their chest. Uh, and it changes things a lot. That being said, it was ugly. It was very ugly. Ron Leary said something very, very telling yesterday when we talked to him after practice. We talked to Derek Wolf first who, uh, I mean, the communication with the defensive line. Come on, these guys have been together for, for a long time, especially not, not just the defensive line, but him and Vaughn. And that's who was doing most of the, the wrecking. And their communication, it's not verbal. It's not nonverbal. It's like, it's, it's teleport. It, or what is that when you communicate with your head? Uh, Telekinesis? I don't know, whatever. ESP? You, you, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's like that deep of a level. Because Vaughn and Wolf have been together for so long. Adam Gotsis and Wolf have been together for multiple years. And throw Shelby Harris in that mix, too. And, and then, so Wolf talks about that. And then Ron Leary comes up next, and I ask him about uh, his what, what it's like working next to Juwan James. And Ron Leary goes, well, I just heard Wolf talk about their great communication. Juwan and I have been together for four practices. And I'm thinking, wow, that was just very, very honest by Ron. And Ryan, it tells me this group, and not, not surprising, this group is so far away from being a group that that can be so comfortable with each other know what they're doing and it's not just you know three more days of practice uh, three more weeks of training camp it's going to be a while did you ever remember playing youth sports and you would play a team and like your coach or or someone would be like "Ooh, these guys have been together for for many years <laughs> yeah. and that yeah. team would always kill you yep that's what this is Vaughn and Derek have been together, what, eight years? Yeah. That's not fair to go up against two guys who have been together for four practices. So it's, it's unbalanced. Um, one more thing I want to share from my observations. I was doing a little bit of research, and I remembered that uh, Joe Flacco had a very good passer rating in his career outside of the pocket. Wasn't able to find that number. But as – and the reason I looked that up – I'll tell this first – is because Flacco, while being flushed all day long, was making some really, really impressive throws on the run. I'm talking scrambling to the left, hinging the hips, gunning it to the sideline for Deshaun Hamilton for a first down, running to the right, floating one over a DB for Cortland Sutton to go up and get it. And I'm thinking, like, man, didn't I read something about how Joe Flacco was better outside of the pocket and like I said, I wasn't able to find the number, but I found a quote from Kyle Shanahan, which is really eye-opening as to why. Remember when we were in Indianapolis and we heard from a source, they believe that Joe Flacco is the perfect fit for this offense? Yep. Listen to this from Kyle Shanahan. We run a lot of bootlegs and things like that. Usually the most success I've had with quarterbacks who can do that are the ones who aren't mobile. Because I only want to run bootlegs and stuff if people aren't playing them. And when you have a mobile guy, they're playing them. When you don't, they play the run, and then you get slow quarterbacks out on the edge, and they can throw all day. Not because they're super athletes with their legs, but they're good enough to throw on the move, and you can use them in that way. Mm, that's a great quote. That's a great quote, and obviously we know Rich Scangarello is doing exactly what Kyle Shanahan is doing. So that's why they wanted Joe Flacco. Because when I think of the bootleg offense, I'm thinking Jake Plummer. Right. That's the person who, in my childhood, ran this offense so well. But it makes sense because 
the defense, just even if it's not on purpose, naturally they're not afraid of, of Joe Flacco going out the backside. And, and a, a perfect example of that, the Broncos needed a stop last year against the Ravens. Uh, I believe it was third and six, third and seven, to get the ball back, to have a chance to go out and get the ball, and get the ball with a chance to tie the game. Joe Flacco runs a naked boot, takes the ball, gets the first down, and slides to win the game and, and end the game effectively. They knee it out. The other one, of course, everyone remembers Peyton Manning against the Cowboys. Um, it's weird to say it. And the funny thing is Peyton, because they tried to get him in those bootleg situations um, the Super Bowl year, funny enough, and it didn't work. Peyton really wasn't that good throwing on the run, especially that year. Uh, I can remember multiple times where they got him out on that boot and there was no one around because of exactly what we just said. And he, like, airmailed a couple to the DT who was coming on a deep cross. I remember he, you know, uh, he missed Emmanuel Sanders on one. Like, he just didn't have it. It seems clear to me that Joe Flacco is comfortable in those situations. And, again, you know, we can go back to 2014 and, and point to that and say who's really good in that offense. That, to me, I think it's because if I was ever a coach, I would be an offensive coach. That, to me, was the most notable thing of the day, despite – the defense kind of wrecking the offensive line all day. It was Joe Flacco getting out there, and then I read that quote from Kyle Shanahan, and I'm just saying, ah, now this all makes sense. He's good at throwing on the run, and the defenses aren't going to be worried about him out there. You're going to give him all sorts of time just by getting him out of the pocket. And you know the key to that? Of course, a good running game is key to every offense. But the key is going to be the outsides of the line not just totally collapsing and exploding when Joe Flacco goes that way. Because you know what Joe's not going to be able to do? He's not going to be able to roll right, pressures in his face, quickly cut back to the left, maybe step up in the pocket, zigzag. You know who can do that is Drew Locke. He can absolutely do that. Joe Flacco, I love the mobility that I've seen the past few days, but he's not that type of guy. You know, you, 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 He's you not running for a first down. Yeah, and, and you can't have Juwan James and Garrett Bowles just give in every time, and then Joe Flacco force Joe Flacco to make another move. If we had um, like gold stars and what do they call them demerits? Is that a thing? <laughs> Black <Sure>. dot. <laughs> gold star to, to Garrett Bowles yesterday. Mm. Um, I can't believe I'm saying it. Bowles and Reisner, for the most part, held down, held it down. Now it wasn't perfect. It never is going to be throughout a whole practice. Those two guys were fine. It's the veterans. The guy's making way more money than those guys <laughs> who were the problem yesterday. So, um, gold star to Garrett, to Gumballs. Gold star Gumballs. And uh, <laughs> GB, as Ron Leary just constantly calls him. Yeah, he, he dropped a GB yesterday. How about this? Ron Leary talking about Garrett Bowles says he's actually matured, if you can believe it. <laughs> Why did he have that smirk on his face the whole time he was talking about him? Juwan James, like, very serious, you know, whatever. And then you ask him about uh, about Garrett Bowles, and he instantly just kind of, like, smirks. <laughs> I think I my theory is later in that quote, he said something along the lines like, oh, we've butt heads. Yep. We've butt heads a, a, a few times. Do you think that's that had to do with that comment that Garrett yes. Bowles made? So, something actually did go down, What whether it was one big confrontation – uh, behind closed doors, or whether it was just, I don't really like you. You stink. You think I stink. And I I think there's a reason why maybe Ron is very much right side. Garrett is left. The comment by Garrett was made about finally getting him a left guard. And then, but you know, some comments by Ron Leary as well. Something happened. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about maybe their, their relationship was just kind of fried. Yeah. And they needed to make a change there. <laughs> uh, and maybe that's why he had that smirk on his face. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty funny. And then, wait, really quick. Let's round out the line. Connor McGovern, I saw one bad snap on the day in shotgun. Mm. Do you see any more? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't even see I the mean, one bad. You, you, you posed the question well, to me yesterday. You can have one a day for the first <laughs> for the nine first practices. Nine. Yep, as long as there's none in the last ten. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, anyways, that type of insight you can only get when you subscribe to bsndenver.com. And right now... We're running a sick deal um, for thirty four ninety nine, which is ten dollars off the normal price. What you're going to get is all of our written content, um, which we produce a lot of. All of our written content 
in audio form, if you're just someone who's like strictly audio, you're like, I listen to podcasts. Sorry, I, I don't want to subscribe. I don't listen to podcasts. Well, guess what? We made our stories into a long podcast or a short podcast for you. And you know what, Ryan? We do that a lot too. What? Just write articles and then read the articles. Yeah, exactly. So we do quite a bit of that. Um, I, re- I read from an email from the great Andre Simone yesterday that we're already up to almost 200 audio stories as a company, which is pretty cool. So the cool thing is you can go on to the audio stories page and just press play. Let's say you haven't read an article all week. You've been just listening to the podcast and, and you've been saying, man, that subscription, I'm not even getting a f- the full use out of it. Well, today you're mowing the lawn. You finished this podcast. Go to the Broncos audio stories page on the BSN Denver app. I would recommend uh, the BSN Denver app is the best way to play audio from the website and just press play and it'll read every story we've done until you press stop uh, until you get to one that you've already heard or read uh, and, and, you, and you can stop right there. So that's a re- one of the coolest things that I think we've come up with here in a while is you're probably not going to sit down and read 10 articles today. Um, maybe you are, I, I, I know I'm not that type of person, <laughs> but if you have an hour in the car driving up to go camping or whatever, now you can catch up so easily without the thought of having to read. Could you imagine telling your friends this, that here, I'm just, I'm just going to catch up on the news, uh, throw all the articles that I want to listen to or want to read. I'm just going to throw it on, on the car ride up to, to the mountains. They'd be like, what 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 are you talking about? What are you talking about? I think this is pretty revolutionary. I think there yeah. there will come a day where newspapers, if they're still around, are doing this. Um, you know, the Huffington Post, whoever is going to have to start doing this because people are just going to say like, I don't have the time to read all this stuff. I want it read to me. That's what we did. We started the revolution. Uh, the code is Broncos Camp. All one word, all caps. You put that in on the annual pass. Like I said, you're going to get that $10 off. Oh, and by the way, we'll just throw in a T-shirt that's worth $27 uh, in there. It's the softest T-shirt you'll ever own. It's one of the cooler T-shirts you'll ever own. When you go to the Broncos watch party at the bar, at the bar down the street, everyone's going to ask you where you got that T-shirt. Um, and you can use it on any of the ones we have right now. Maybe you just you just hold on to it because, you know, come, come the season – we're going to be releasing, actually before the season, we're going to be releasing some cool Broncos stuff. So that's just the start. Um, there's film reviews. There's game grades. And then you, there's the, just the best part of it, which is you become a part of this community. You get to comment on the podcast. You get to be a part of this every single day. Um, the, the benefits are truly endless. And so we really hope that you'll subscribe to bsndenver.com with us. Uh, any other quick observations from the first uh, day of practice? Something we got to tell you guys is what, how the Broncos are going to make up for Todd Davis. We found out from Vic yesterday it's officially he's going to be out a couple of weeks. Uh, and I expect this to – and Vic said he's going to be out a couple of weeks and then we'll go from there. And then we'll go from there is key for me. So three to four weeks is a timetable. Could be longer, so I think with the with the potential that it could be longer, it's actually important that we pay attention to what's going on. Alexander Johnson was actually the first one up uh, with the first team yesterday. That surprised you? Yes. Surprised me immensely. I think everything we thought we knew about Vic Fangio and <laughs> his taste in linebackers was wrong. I just don't understand how he goes from Thumper, who we thought wasn't a fit, to, okay, he's out. Give me a more of a thumper, <laughs> right? A, yep. a bigger. Yep. I mean, Alexander Johnson is a is a hoss. Mm-hmm. He's a mountain of a man. He's way bigger than Todd Davis. Mm-hmm. I was convinced it was going to be Joe Jones. I said on this podcast yesterday, it could be a blessing in disguise because Joe Jones might pop out. Right. And now, and we get yeah, Alexander Johnson first crack at it. Blew my mind. You know what also blew my mind? Was talking to Vic after practice and what he had to say about Alexander Johnson. It was, he still has a long way to go, not just as a football player, but as a professional living his life. And I'm like, Vic, you put him out as the very first guy and you're not bashing him, but you're saying just how much work he still needs to do. Do you think Joe Jones has a long way to go as a professional? (laughs) 
no way. I mean, he's like a, a superstar yes. in the community. Yes. Um, he is beloved. He's a special – like, if you're a special teams ace, you're pretty much – all. you always have your head on straight. Yep. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, so, interesting stuff there. Uh, I want to see if, if they're truly rotating because I think – was it you that asked or someone asked, uh, is that the plan for him to go in? And he said, no, we're going to rotate all the guys, including right. Justin Hollins. Right. Who's going to get a crack? And Justin Hollins is working in there in sub packages with the ones. So a lot of interesting stuff going on, uh, including. Did you catch Chris Harris talking about how good he was in the slot on the media barbecue day? Mm. He said something along the lines of like, I'm just different in the slot. I'm the best there is or something along those lines. Yep. And I was thinking, like, didn't he? I thought he wanted to play outside. Yeah. And then yesterday. You've got Vic Fangio dropping the hint that Bryce Callahan, who's been a slot ace his whole career, is going to be playing outside. So Chris Harris, there. I, I don't know if it's a reaction to today's NFL where they're just saying, look, man, the, the slot is the hardest thing to cover. It's going to be Cooper Cup and, and players like that. We don't necessarily need you on the outside unless it's like a, a Julio Jones type of game. That was surprising, too. I think we had a. I think Vic Fangio is doing things a little differently now. It was very surprising, and I'll tell you. Speaking of Bryce Callahan, really quick, I freaking love the guy so far. He looks smaller than Chris out there. He looks so small. And he is smaller he, than and, Chris. And when he makes plays, he just he doesn't do anything. He he's the opposite of the women's U.S. soccer team. He he made a huge play against Cortland Sutton on the first day of camp. Broke up a pass. It was extremely difficult. And uh, he just walks away. His teammates are running up to him, slapping him. He's just slowly walking off the field. I'm like, yes. Uh, they say, like, and I, I don't mean this in a negative connotation at all. They say that, like, a dog will take on the personality of their, uh, of their human. Yep. Maybe a player takes on the personality <laughs> of their coach. And he's been around Vic Fangio long enough to just don't get too high, don't get too low, just <laughs> yeah. go out there and play. Yep, and, and, and I love when players celebrate as well after making a play. Yeah, but I would hope he's not the opposite of the U.S. women's national team because that would be a loser, <laughs> and they're winners. <laughs> His demeanor, oh, okay. it, it's just so different. It's like, it's like the coolest thing ever. Um, let's move along here. And quickly, I want to give a shout-out to Benny, Fish, Benny Fischel. Benny Fischel. Oh, I get it now. Beneficial. <laughs> Benny Fischel, 303, who sent me a tweet yesterday, said, supporting at BSN Denver in delicious fashion, sipping on an avalanche amber ale from ah. Breckenridge Brewery. Isn't it uh, great, guys, that you get to like feel like you're supporting us and drink beer at the same time? <laughs> it's a win-win, right? It doesn't Good get, beer. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, and the more that you guys do that, the closer we get to one day being able to Drop the BSN Broncos podcast ale. Ooh. Like, can you imagine if we get that far down the road with Breckenridge Brewery? Ooh. And we have a beer that is specifically for you guys. We all kind of like put our heads together and we're like, what is the beer that we want? Um, it might end up just being Strawberry Sky because that beer is so good. But that's what I'm hoping for. One day there's going to be a, a, a our logo, our podcast logo on like a matte blue can mm. and it just says bsn broncos podcast something ale in or orange lager yep oh man i love it oh the broncos are back ale <laughs> it's making me thirsty already and what it's not even 9 a.m right it is not 9 a.m um and i can hear the music outside so maybe it's better that we're uh <laughs> that we're in here right now yeah make sure you guys as you're cho making your choice this weekend as you get to the liquor store and you're saying, man, what do I want to drink? Because I feel like everyone does that. There are the few people out there who are just like, oh, I just get PBR every time. But a lot of people get there and they look at the fridge and they're like, oh, uh, I've heard of that one and 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 that one. I don't know which one to get. <laughs> we'll make it easy for you. Just get Breck Brews. You're going to love them. They go down smooth. They taste delicious. I will put my personal guarantee that you will not be disappointed as long as you choose a beer that you like. And if you see it. Go for the Strawberry Sky. I know. I feel bad. So many people are like, you guys hype up the Strawberry Sky so much and it's not here yet. Like I said, like most things in life, 
Colorado gets first dibs on everything that's good. <laughs> Eventually, it will get to you guys, just like all the other good things in life. Are we included in that? Colorado gets first dibs on us? Yeah. Because we're a good thing in life? <laughs> Colorado got first dibs on BSN Denver. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's take a quick break, and when we come back on the other side, we'll get to your questions. The Greg Mastriona Golf Courses at Highland Hills offer something for everyone. With a championship 18-hole golf course, the regulation 9-hole blue course, and two par threes, golfers of all skill levels will find exactly what they're looking for. There's a lot of opportunities for families to enjoy the game of golf together here. as We do have multiple courses, all different skill levels, so it's a great place to teach and develop really a good way for families to you know grow their skills and enjoy the game together that was alan brown he's the director of golf over at highland hills if you're busy at work all day don't worry at highland hills it's never too late to start a round of golf well highland hills has a fantastic pay for what you play program it is designed for the player to play after four o'clock or five o'clock in the evening and you check in you play as many holes as you can until dark and then you come to the pro shop and we give you a rain check for any holes you don't finish we also do a really fun event glow golf on our par three golf course one time a month 25 dollars no cart but we give you glow balls it's a fantastic way to have some fun with friends and get out and enjoy the nighttime and the summertime here in Colorado. To learn more and book a tea time, head over to GolfHighlandHills.com today or call them at 303-428-6526. Rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast. And today's a kind of a cool day in, I don't, know, I don't want to call it Broncos history, but in the story of the Broncos. Because the story of the Broncos cannot be written without the greatest coach in Broncos history. And, of course, that is Mike Shanahan without any shadow of a doubt, which makes it a sham that he isn't in the Ring of Fame. And, in fact, I would go as far as to say is Mike Shanahan not being in the Ring of Fame diminishes the accomplishment of making the Ring of Fame for anyone else who's in the Ring of Fame. That's how strongly I feel about this. Um, so, off the bat, make, you know, get him in there. Go ahead, just go ahead and put Mike Shanahan in the ring of him. No one cares that you already did the election process. If you announced it today, no one would complain. Put Mike Shanahan in the ring of fame. But the reason I bring him as his name up is because he's going to be here today, Zach. And Zach, it's going to be the first time he's been out on those fields in over a decade. That is wild. It's the first time that he's back since he was fired in 2000. And eight, and he stuck around Denver this whole time. Uh, he he's had some great trips, but he's made his life here. And the fact that he hasn't been back, he hasn't seen uh, all of the new things here uh, in in the redone buildings here. It's that's kind of mind blowing. And he talked to I believe John Elway about this, Vic Fangio about this, Rich Scangarello uh, was even key in making sure that he came back. So this is this is a big day. It's not just uh, you know a, a former player showing up at the doorstep saying, "Hey, I'd like to see practice." I'm saying, "Yeah, welcome back." No, th this has been planned for for a while. It never should have gotten to this point. The the, the broken relationship is silly to me, um, and and we won't get into the the nitty-gritty on why Mike Shanahan hasn't been here but I'm so glad that he's gonna be back and I think this is the first step into getting him in the ring of fame I'll never it's kind of like I'll never forgive the hall of fame like I don't care if every Bronco that's ever played ends up in the hall of fame I'll I'll never forgive them for um botching it for so long and, and that's kind of how I feel about this it's like by Mike Shanahan not being in the ring of fame as we sit here right now it tells me that the ring of fame isn't just based on merit mm. and so i'll never forgive the ring of fame for that not that they care um or <laughs> anything like that but it does like i just know oh okay it's not based on merit or else al wilson would be in there too well maybe this is a big step for him and al because al what last year i think was the first mm -hmm. time he was back and he came back multiple times two or three times so maybe he read the pick he read dalton reisner it, and drew Locke. exactly so maybe this is a big step for both of them i hope so hopefully next year's classes. Mike Shanahan, Al Wilson, and Ed McCaffrey, and everyone can just stop whining, <laughs> yep. you know, including me. Who who would complain about that? I don't know. And maybe while they're out, they can just take John Lynch's name down because he really doesn't belong <laughs> up there at all. Uh, or, you know, you put Brian Dawkins up too. If you're a great player who's played here, you get to go up, <laughs> uh, even if you weren't that good here. Anyways, he did make, I think, 
consecutive Pro Bowls. But that's because he was already – he had that name. So since you brought it up, I'm a little worried. Do you think Peyton Manning should be in there? Of course. Okay, okay. Of course. Now, I don't think he should be rated the number one Bronco of all time, if you know what I'm referencing. <laughs> um, but, of course, Peyton Manning should be in there. Where, where would you – just off the top of your head, where would you rank Peyton Manning in the top Broncos ever? How do you do that? How, how do you do it? Just take the four years he was here? No. Just – I mean, yeah, take the four years he was here and put it up against anyone else's whole career. I, it, he's up there. He's probably – he's higher in my book than in yours. I don't think he makes the top five. I think he's probably like five. Okay. I I'm think fine with five. him being there. I'm fine with him being five, six, seven. Maybe four. You have John. He's got to be behind John. He's got to be behind TD. He's got to be behind Shannon Sharp. Those are the three that are non-negotiable to me. Okay. Um, Why TD? What do you mean? He's the best, he's the best uh, running back in the history of the Broncos. He's the most prolific playoff running back ever. He won a Super Bowl MVP. And two total Super Bowls with the Broncos. Okay, I, I, I was asking. I wasn't saying no, but it, you know, I thought you, the the reason against Peyton moving up the list is because he was only here four years, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like TD's career was that long. But no. you, you throw in the second Super Bowl, and, and it's hard to disagree I mean, it's with that. Twice as long. It's twice as long. Um, so, anyways, That's fair. I was just asking. Anyway, I think there's probably um, you. He can't be in front of Champ. And, and really, yeah, I don't think so. Peyton was comeback player of the year. Okay. MVP. Joe Flacco's going to get that anyway. <laughs> Both of those. And won a Super Bowl and set the all time records for, for passing, which is the most impressive thing you can do in the NFL. I just, I give points for being a Bronco and Peyton Manning certainly isn't not a Bronco. But he's not – like, I give you extra points for how long you were here, how much you did for the city. You know, there's, there's more – the longer you're here, the more things you can do and the more of a Bronco you become. Can you rewrite Bronco's history without Champ Bailey? No. Can you rewrite it without Peyton Manning? Nope. That's why they're both towards the top of the list. <laughs> um, yeah, Peyton's in the top five, though, in, in my book. And, I, and maybe the job isn't done yet, but eventually I'll say you can't put him in front of Von Miller either. He doesn't get a Super Bowl here without Von Miller. So right now you can't put him in front of Von Miller. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not trying to hate on Peyton. He's just someone, ha- someone made me do this by putting him <laughs> as the number one Bronco of all time, and that is absolutely silly. Silly. All right, the questions. From Bronco Duck, out of curi- I think you were out of town when that whole yeah, thing was. Yeah, I was. Happened. I was. <laughs> out of curiosity, I looked up a few things on Juwan Winfrey. His highlights are prolific. However, he seems like one of those guys that just can't stay on the field. Hopefully that changes with the Broncos. It looks like his size is very similar to Cortland Sutton. Are they similar players? Is Cortland more physical? Is Winfrey more athletic on the field? I'm just trying to know what to expect from Winfrey during his rookie season. I'm assuming he makes the cut. He'll make the cut. Thanks, guys. Do you have uh, Winfrey specs? In front of you? I believe he's 6'3", uh, right around 210. Wow, he is pretty close to Cortland Sutton. They he look is. very different. Cortland is lankier um, and more of a, like, like, we, we, like we learned last year. He's a jump ball artist. Um, there isn't a DB out there who can beat him on a jump ball. For me, Winfrey is, almost, is very, very different from Cortland Sutton because he's a technician. And at that size, that's what made him so intriguing to Zach Azani, who really jumped up and down on the table, begging them to take Juwan Winfrey. It's like you got this guy who's six three two. I cannot believe he's that big, six three two ten, who runs routes. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but like Wes Welker, like he he is so sound in everything he does out there. And yeah, he has a, a lot to learn, but that mixed with his massive hands. Um, and ability to bring in the ball, you know, his catch radius makes him intriguing. But no, I don't know who to compare him to. It's not Cortland Sutton. He's very different from Cortland Sutton. See, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by his size. I think he looks huge out there, but not in a, a slow, bulky way. Uh, I, I think he looks great out there. And I think the very first time I saw him, uh, maybe it was at rookie mandatory mini or rookie mini camp. The very first time he was on the field, I said. This guy looks really good, really good. And I said the talent is not a question. 
It's just his availability. And we'll see. He's missed games every single year in college. Uh, and so does does that eventually happen in week 14? And he, he gets 14 weeks in and puts up a, you know, has better, puts up wide receiver numbers? Or does it happen in week for the preseason and then it just turns into just such a difficult year for him to overcome so that that's my only concern with him he's he's a baller out there he really is I mean he's making plays every practice with the ones which kind of surprised me I thought he's gonna have to work his way up into that role but I think Joe Flacco likes him and that's what that's been my whole thing the whole time about Juwan Winfrey is I think by the end of this thing Joe Flacco is gonna really like Juwan Winfrey so uh if he can stay healthy you know Remember when Monte Ball never fumbled his entire college career and then came to Denver and had a case of the fumbles? Yep. The Broncos need uh, to be repaid for that by the football <laughs> gods. So, Jawan Winfrey, injury issues his whole career, comes to the NFL, is good. I'll touch wood. I think they were uh, repaid last year by one Philip Lindsay. How so? <laughs> How so? They just got a running back? Philip wasn't... Uh... Philip wasn't very happy that the Broncos passed up on him, and his mom convinced him to go here. The football gods could have easily said, you know what, get out of this state, be mad at the Broncos, go to Baltimore. But I don't think that's a one-to-one trade for the Monte Ball situation where all of a sudden he couldn't play anymore. F- what Philip Lindsay did last year isn't a one-for-one. No, it's a 10-to-1 trade that I'm the Broncos that, got. That was repayment for something else. <laughs> Next that one. was repayment for Terrell Davis being injured. <laughs> Next one coming in from Sonny Rain. He says, I don't know what it is with all these world college tackle leaders, but most of them seem to disappear in the NFL. So here's my question. Is Josie Jewell the rare NCAA tackle monster that will actually translate to the NFL like Chris Borland did? Or is he who I suspect, Scooby Wright or Tank Carter? I think the Broncos better have an answer if the latter is the case. Thanks, guys. It's it's way harder to tackle in the NFL is what it comes down to. Um, most of these guys that you mention are bigger, stronger, and faster than everyone when they're on a college football field, and then all of a sudden they get out here, and they might not be none of those things, which is, well, they might be none of those things. That double negative there. Um, that's what Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell wasn't necessarily faster, but he could get these guys. And his instincts were all he needed. And that's, that's another big thing. In college, instincts is all you need. As long as you aren't fat and slow, if you have great instincts, you're going to make plays in college. When you get to the NFL, it's a lot harder because instincts can only carry you so far. You need speed and athleticism. So Josie Jewell is not going to be Chris Borland. Sorry to tell you. Um, but he can still be a solid NFL football player, which is, I think, what you need from him. That, you know, is it, what, Was he a fourth or a fifth-round pick? Fourth. Fourth-round pick. That's what you want. You want solid football players. He says the Broncos better have an answer if the latter is the case. They don't. They, I mean, especially with Todd down. We knew this was the, you know, this and the offensive line were the biggest question marks, biggest weaknesses. It, the answer would not be this year. All right, next question comes in from Mr. T. He says, nominee for Freak the F Out Friday. <laughs> so I am here in real life staring at an article by Mike Freeman on Bleacher Report. Supposedly, Mike or someone else went around the league asking personnel executive who the most underrated players were entering 2019. Of the six players mentioned, three are running backs. Bottom line up front, Philip Lindsay is not one of them. On the contrary, they have James Conner, Matt Breda, and Marlon Mack, all of whom are good players in their own right. But seriously, all three of them are entering their third season, so they're already known commodities. And in their combined six seasons of experience, None of them have ever rushed for as many yards as, as, in a season as Phil did last year, even though he started the fewest games. Finally, with perhaps the exception of James Conner, none of them meant as much to their team's success as Phil did. Now, in the defense of the executives, maybe they decided that Phil isn't underrated because they believe he's already seen as one of the league's best uh, running backs. But if not, shame, shame, shame. You may now continue with your regularly scheduled training camp discussion. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole time you, you were saying that, I was just thinking, they probably just think he's better than, than underrated. And if not, then yeah, it's a complete disaster. Was, wasn't James, Con- I was going to say, he was a pro bowler, so he's not underrated. But wasn't James Conner also a pro bowler last year? I think so. I would assume he was because he had a really good season. I don't yeah. think James Conner is underrated. He might have been before last year for sure. Um, but Philip Lindsay gets overlooked. Maybe it's just because he's short and they can't see him. <laughs> From Sand Monkey 27 
Longtime listener and throwback to the OG intro was nice. It was the first time anyone commented about that. I was like, wow, that really just was underappreciated. Anyways, he says, it's pretty crazy the disrespect other media outlets have towards the Broncos. I listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts, and they have little to no faith in our offense. Most aren't as high on Phil because of his lack of production in the quote-unquote playoffs, of course, the fantasy playoffs. What they lack to understand is defenses stack the box because Case couldn't drive the ball downfield. It's hard not to be a homer when I listen to y'all rave about some of our players. From the fantasy side, how do you stop yourselves from being homers on guys you watch uh, and feel could make big impacts? How could our defense finish throughout the NFL? Do you think the days of 250 yards rushing are gone from last year? Keep it up. All right, first of all, how do you stop yourself from being a homer when it comes to fantasy football? This is so easy. Since Peyton retired, I haven't touched a Bronco on offense. Okay. You missed, <laughs> you missed one. I missed one in, uh, what, five years, four years? That's okay. There's probably some years that Emmanuel Sanders would have been better than whoever you had as your third receiver. Always picked higher. The, the, they were all – DT and Emmanuel, by their names, always picked higher. Just – yeah, especially because your friends are probably Broncos fans. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's always, you know, something to keep in mind. I think I had one of Emmanuel or DT during the Simeon year. Both of them got 1,000 yards, so it was fine. Um, I – I'm kicking myself for trying to not be a homer last year. I didn't take Philip Lindsay because I didn't want to be that guy because I was hyping him up so much. I thought it would be like too too much of a homer for me to take him, and it cost me. I probably would have made the fantasy playoffs if I just listened to my gut there. Conversely, I took Cortland Sutton earlier than I should have, and he didn't produce in the way that I needed him to. Right. So I, I, you just got to trust your gut, I guess. For Mile High Magic 94, is it too late to join the Fantasy League? Wow, we're really like, all these questions are tying together <laughs> yeah, weirdly. bizarre. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to attend the BSN Open as I'm stuck in Seattle. I did live in Denver for about seven months in 2013 and went to multiple games. My favorite two were watching Peyton Manning throw seven touchdowns against the Ravens and the free tickets I got to the AFC Championship third row from the field. Wow, that's a good story. I listen every day at work and appreciate what you guys do for the Broncos community. You know, you know the drill. Email bsnfightingburritos <laughs> at gmail.com. I think they are still trying to fill a few spots in yep. a pay league. Yep, So and, and we love your support, and thanks for rolling with us, Mile High Magic 94 Next one coming in from Craig L. He says, who does training camp favor more, offense or defense? Early on, definitely defense. Yep. Um, probably just defense the whole time. Yep, exactly. But Peyton Manning, uh, I, I shouldn't say struggled, in in training camp but it, he wasn't Peyton Manning at the very beginning of training camp precisely all right next one here you got it next one from Illinois Bronco he says what's up guys been a long time listener and just recently subscribed to the pod now that we are two days in at camp what are some of the biggest changes you see in coaching as well as the atmosphere at practice compared to last year I know you had mentioned the music being one change that Fangio has made but are there any other noticeable changes you can mention? Also, what do you think will re- who do you think will really shine in the Hall of Fame game? I honestly think that will be that Juwan Winfrey will light it up. It's a good pick there. Uh, I think Drew Locke is going to shine in the Hall of Fame game. Um, we've talked about this before, but last year the quote unquote third string quarterback for the Bears threw like thirty passes in the game. If Drew Locke is still the third string quarterback, we might end up being happy about that come the Hall of Fame game because he throws thirty passes. Um, Changes in practice. Let me ask you a question, Zach. Have you seen any player get just dressed down? No. Any yelling at all? No. That's what I've noticed. Maybe it's because there's not the stupid music blaring <laughs> that causes everyone to yell about everything. But to me, that's been a noticeable difference. No one is, is freaking out out there. By the way, Vic Fangio, on the music said word for word what I said on this, but he must have been listening. <laughs> he must have been listening to the podcast because you said, what about the crowd noise? I said, when they need crowd noise, they'll pump in crowd noise. The, the, the music doesn't matter. That's exactly what he said. Yep. And that, that's why I'm okay with it is because there will be noise. There will be noise, not music. There will be noise when they need crowd noise, which, which I love. And to be honest, I haven't liked the music in the past because to me, it, it is more fun than uh, trying to be a, a loud distraction. It's more fun. And uh, when you're having fun, maybe you don't pay as t- attention as much. 
Also, usually the music was bad. <laughs> not bad. Not I don't know. Al- a lot of media members liked it. It, it, was, it, was, it was too new for me, too new-aged. See, they mixed it up, and that's what I didn't like, is you got to commit. You can't go from Drake to Guns N' Roses back to back. It just, that doesn't, it throws me off. There's no rhythm there. Go hip-hop one day, oldies another day. If you, you know, if Vic Fangio was calling the shots, he would have played Earth, Wind, and Fire one day. You know, a little bit of Michael Jackson makes it. That's cool with me. I'm not okay with this medley of everything. You can't have country, you know, coming right after ASAP Rocky and Kanye. Little bit of news here, Ryan. Uh, we knew that the Broncos were working out players earlier in practice, receivers specifically. You and I thought, maybe there's a big name out there. Maybe a Des Bryant. Maybe, I already maybe, know where you're going Maybe with something this. juicy. Have you heard of the big name Jamarius Way? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> that is who the Broncos will be signing to make up for Romel Guyer. Who, wow, you really gave him <laughs> credit there. He's, he's going to succeed in the world with that kind of a classy name. And that's what he's trying to do. He's going to take his talents not to the NFL. He's, he's retiring. Yes, the cheese man, Romel Guyer. <laughs> he gone. And now... It's Jamarius Way. You're just doing things the Jamarius Way. <laughs> Is that the? Was he the big guy? He has a big name. We saw a big guy. Yep, six three two fifteen. Ah, so in between Cortland Sutton and Juwan. Woodford. Yep. They need more big receivers. I, I guess John Mr. thinks so. The Cheese Man was not <laughs> a big receiver. Uh, anyways, by the way, have you seen um, Devontae Jackson with his helmet off? No. He looks 40 years old. <laughs> he has uh, the Adam Pacman Jones. Yep. And he's, what, 22 <laughs> yep. at most? I was like, who is that guy? Oh. <laughs> um, God forbid we, have, we would have seen that work out for Jamarius Way. Oh, seriously. Good thing they put us in here. All right. Moving on. The next one's from Boucher All Day. He says, guys, I have a confession. I've sinned for almost a year now listening to all this great content for free. How dare you? I couldn't go any longer without proper contribution, which is why my penance to subscribe was for not one, not two, but three years. The diehard subscription. Wow. Talk about repaying your sins. Oh, that does it. He says, I hope you can forgive me. You are forgiven up and down. (laughs) Now that we got that out of the way in his training camp, I have a quick game called... Uh, for you called text trade extend cut sign i like this trade shelby harris or will parks wait okay so you don't just give us players and we each all right trade shelby harris or will parks will parks okay uh yeah, yeah you just don't have the depth exactly you just don't have the depth extend sanders or chris harris jr that one's easy chris yeah yeah cut isaac yadam or Devonte booker also easy Devonte booker booker Sign Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, that could have been the big guy we thought was mm. out there. Maybe he was out there. Is he available? I assume so. He's a, he's a problem child. Uh, sign Ke- Kelvin Benjamin or Corey Lugit, the defensive tackle. Yeah, I'm going to go Corey. Yep, for sure. He says, obviously, I don't necessarily want these situations to happen, but I'd like to hear your breakdown. Well, we didn't give much of a breakdown. <laughs> they were easy. We'll revisit this in the future as the roster progresses. Keep up the hard work. I'm a future commenter for life. You can bet on it. We're you, so happy to have you. We're so happy to have you for three years, and uh, great game. I love that. And, and, and I love that it was quick, too, uh, and fun. So, yeah, absolutely keep those coming in the future. Next one coming in from Black Hills. He says, by all accounts, it seems like the defense will be forcing their fair share of punts this season. Who do you guys view as an exciting prospect to return said punts? People love punts. They love talking punts. Um, I don't know. The Broncos, to be honest, the Broncos haven't worked on, on punt return much so far. Yeah, I mean, they had everyone from Philip Lindsay to Juwan Winfrey to Brennan Langley back there. I don't even think they have a clue yet. You know who's the best at returning punts? And it just makes me, I'm just saying, do that. Philip Lindsay? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, not not do that. River Craycraft. Mm. He's the only person who like never bobbles it. Yep. Just always right into the basket. Yep. All right, let's take another break here. And when we come back on the other side, we'll finish up these questions.
What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect, just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. On the BSN Broncos podcast, wrapping it up before we get out there for practice. And the next one comes in from Elway or the Highway. It says, hey guys, been listening for over a year now and finally took the plunge. Thanks, man. Uh, we really appreciate that. And, and if you are thinking of finally taking the plunge, use the promo code Broncos Camp to get $10 off and a free shirt and all the other benefits of being a BSN Denver subscriber. So LA or the Highway says, he's talking, to, he's talking directly to someone here. He says, no Broncos question, but as a new member of this community, I want to formally call out my buddy at work. His name is Matt. <laughs> and let's get him on the board, BSN fam. <laughs> Matt, my guy. What are you doing? Matt. You're sitting there, sitting there at work. Was that a, were you trying to make that into a sheep? Sheep's call? Matt. Matt. No, I wasn't trying to, but it worked out well. Um, don't be a sheep, Matt. <laughs> Actually, be a sheep. Fall in line with all the other ones. Join your friends. You're sitting there at work right now. I know your wallet's in your back pocket. Yeah. You, you probably got the card memorized already. You don't feel like working right now anyway. <laughs> Pull out the wallet. I know you know the card. You, you got that Amex. Yep. Maybe even Amex Black. <laughs> your card might even be made of metal. Have you seen those? Yeah. I, I think that's the type of baller Matt is. <laughs> so slap it down on your desk. Let it rattle around for a second. Go to bsndenver.com slash subscribe and join the family, baby. And, make, and then you can call out Elway or the Highway. No, you call out the guy in the, you nah, know, in the, like in the, the, the office one. next to you. The like cubicle next to you, yeah. Matt's a corner office type of guy. <laughs> so he can go out to the next one and say, hey, guys, what are you guys waiting for? <laughs> subscribe to BSN Denver. <laughs> Once you guys get the whole office there, we'll come have a... A seminar oh where we talk broncos for two hours so you don't have to work i like that next one coming in from estes to best it says what up what up bsn rock stars long time no comment but i have to say something i'm so sick and tired of people comparing joe flacco to case keenum they're not even remotely similar case keenum couldn't throw more than 30 yards regularly joe flacco smashes 80 yards without breaking a sweat obviously i'm just kidding but seriously broncos fans we are not going to be as bad as last year could it happen? Of course. Shoot, we could go 2-14 and 14, just like Adam Rank said, but we all know that is nonsense. Joe Flacco will bring us up to 500 or better. Mark my words. And it only takes one injury to happen to Phillip Rivers or Patrick Mahomes. We could easily be seeing the playoffs. Keep up the great work, BSN Rockstars. He's right. Joe Flacco is not Case Keenum. I don't think you or I have said that, so Estes the best. You're in a safe place here. Absolutely. All right, a long one here from Mile High Mike. He says, I wanted to put my two cents in on the bachelorette topic that my wife is obsessed with. And between Ryan and her, I pretty much hear everything I need to. All right, here we go. He says, I don't like watching because I feel Hannah is way too physically intimate with all the other guys at the same time. <laughs> the kissing and touching, I feel like it's too much and should be reserved for whoever she picks in the end. I remember what girls in my high school were called when they participated in such activities with multiple guys. And they're not words I'll repeat in this comment. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but that being said, I'm for dis continued discussion. I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that. I say Hannah can do with her body whatever she wants to do. <laughs> there you go. And she's getting paid a lot of money to make that show interesting. <laughs> yeah. And you know what what sells, Zach? Drama. Sex. <laughs> Sex sells. It always has and it always will. Whether it be yeah, anyways. It's it's, it's an act. There's some <laughs> acting going on there. You got to play you got to play the role reality tv show if she was just like i'm not kissing anyone till the end the show would fail <laughs> all right he says i'm super excited for training camp coverage i'm missing henry on the pod but it's great to have zach back his thank goofy you. laugh lights up my morning ah thank you just don't wait for someone to go out of town for a guest appearance to bring on good old hankry even if it's just for 30 seconds to talk about his name <laughs> our boy hank 
He's going to be a busy man. Mm. But if we get the chance, we'll have him uh, do a quick guest spot at some point. Goes on. Also, loved the Denver Sports Podcast. As someone who listens to all four podcasts, which you deserve a medal for that, it was super fun to hear everyone interact. And although you're correct when you make a point that the Broncos are most popular in Denver, I don't think you'll be able to ride that way for very long on the podcast. I do. The Broncos <laughs> will always be the most popular in Denver. <laughs> it's my tr- – it's my. I hate calling it a trump card, but that's what it's uh, called. Yeah. Uh, that's my trump <laughs> card. I just play that one whenever I want. It's my ace of spades. It's like you can't beat this, it's so easy. here it is. Easy. He says, I love hearing Drew Locke is killing it, but I definitely see Flacco playing the two years of his contract. I know we want to see Locke start next season, but I don't think he'll do enough this year for Elway to dump Flacco. This is also because I'm optimistic on the optimistic side for Flacco this season. I think he's going to be good enough to get back to the playoffs supported by Vic in the defense. I'll say he gets north of 25 touchdowns. I believe that would be a career mark for him. Uh, and I'm not saying 30 because I think the Broncos offense will run a lot with the Lindsey Freeman one-two punch limiting his opportunities. Question, do you think Draymond Jones has enough this offseason to play in at least 10 games this season, or otherwise, what level do you see his involvement being? Yes, he should absolutely play in 10 games this year. Being a, th- a third-round pick, absolutely he should, and that's just terrible, terrible news for Demarcus Walker, which isn't a surprise. Is he out here? That's, I was just thinking the same thing to myself. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you if he showed up. Maybe he's uh, pulling a Carlos Henderson. <laughs> he says, go BSN. Next one's from Nick Scott. He says, all right, two questions. The first is beer-related. I live in southwestern Illinois, about 25 to 30 minutes from St. Louis, so my Breckenridge options are limited. I just brought some amber ale last night, but can you find out when the strawberry sky is heading my way for me? <laughs> I keep looking, and I can't find it. My second question is football-related. Well, first of all, just use the, use the beer tracker so you don't have to like keep going from liquor store to liquor store. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I, I will ask. I'll see when they're, going, when they're trying to go full national release. I, I know it is already in a lot of different places. Um, I saw them post on social media about how they were sending the trucks out full of Strawberry Sky to go around the nation. Ooh. So they are, Some of you might be able to find it. Um, but I, like I said, I, I'm calling my shot here. I'm not exactly a beer expert. Call my shot that Strawberry Sky becomes a summer staple, and it'll end up being it'll it'll be like you can find well, like we've said you can find a Breck beer anywhere. It'll be one of those ones that you can find anywhere. All right, next he goes on. My second question is football related. Does Sanders' future with the Broncos lie more in his own hands this season, or more in the hands of his teammates like Sutton and Hamilton? In other words, what has to happen for Sanders to stay or leave next season? Thanks and have a great camp. Love talking to you over social media, Ryan. Mm, Likewise, I don't think this is as much as where Drew Locke controls Joe Flacco's future. I think there, there, there's a little bit of give. Obviously, Sanders has to show that he's the guy. And Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton step up. I don't think John's going to say, look, here's $15 million for the next two or three years, Emmanuel. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Emmanuel really can make it happen, to be honest. Uh, if he, I guess if he wants to get paid like he thinks he deserves, it's not happening. Um, the Broncos might go and get a similar veteran receiver next year, but it'll be a guy who's coming, maybe coming off of his rookie contract. Uh, if they're going to invest big money in a wide receiver, it's just not going to be Emmanuel. Sorry, Emmanuel. Next one here is from Dan Burke. He says, hey, guys, a few thoughts. One, is it just a coincidence that two receivers have retired over the past few days? Isn't that interesting? Uh, I, too, am retiring. <laughs> I do but believe But you're not it. a receiver. It's true. I'm 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 the quarterback here. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's a coincidence because the first guy who is not coming to my mind right now because he's retired, uh, retired before training camp started. So really, this is only one that has gone through a practice and then said, "I'm done." Wow. Aaron Burbage. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, retire and you become irrelevant instantly. <laughs> Two. I keep hearing Juwan Winfrey's name come up so, so as someone who's making plays. Do you think there's any chance he surplants? supplants Tim Patrick as a fourth wide receiver. I do, in fact, believe that. And <laughs> not only did I predict it in our camp predictions episode, Keep Up, Dan Burke, um, but I wrote about it in our Broncos roundtable, Keep Up, Dan Burke. <laughs> Three for Mr. B. Four, Ben Albright tweeted, Sua might have figured it out. Maybe it's too early to tell, but have y'all noticed any improvement over last year? Sua had an interception yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have noticed a little bit of improvement over last year. I I don't know if that's going to be enough. Right. And also, Paxton Lynch was great the first two days of training camp. 
I'll never forget it. <laughs> never forget that day one. Number five, I know we'll have to see how things look when the pads come on, but it sounded like Bowles was holding his own against Chubb for most of the day. We mentioned as it. Ryan Credit said. where credit's due. Six, with the news that Mike Shanahan is attending camp today, do y'all expect him to get into the ring of fame if not in the not-too-distant future? He I better. We talked about it. Seven, Elway. Eight, how big is the gap between Fant and Austin Fort in terms of performance out there? I'm not doubting that Fant has a higher ceiling, but it seems that Ford is consistently making plays out there. Do you think this could be another Royce-Phil situation where the lower draft pick shows more than the higher draft pick straight away? Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Ryan is uh, dramatically waving his head back and forth. No. (laughs) Um, Austin Ford, good for him, man. He's making plays out there. Um, I keep forgetting that he's not Brian Parker, so the first step for him is to (laughs) – to become officially uh, Austin Fort and not uh, Brian uh, Parker. Uh, uh. Um, when you can't overcome Brian Parker, you know you still have ways to go. And Brian Parker played in, in real games. He got called for pass interference, offensive pass interference. That'll, <laughs> he'll always have that. He got called for that in a game. Um, he also was at the target on a, on a Case Keenum interception that he should have never thrown. One time Case Keenum threw to Brian Parker in double coverage. I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, Austin Fort, practice squad is his ceiling. And so if he can make that happen, then that's, that's great for him. Um, someone tweeted at me yesterday and said, how good did – because I posted that River Craycraft was the first on the field, which we're not out there. I bet you River Craycraft's first on the field. He may actually not be out of practice today. Oh, oh. Yeah. hope everything's okay. Yeah. Um, someone said, how, how – uh, hopefully he doesn't retire. <laughs> <laughs> he said, how much good did it do for him last year? Um, being first on the field. And I said, he kept a job in the NFL, so he made hundreds of thousands of dollars for playing football. It did him a lot of good. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't have to play on Sundays to be successful. No. A successful training camp for Austin Fort is being on the practice squad. Exactly. Humpback Chubbs comes in and says, hey, guys, took your advice and shortened the name now that everyone understands the context surrounding it. You did not shorten the name, but I appreciate the thought. You tried. (laughs) He says, I personally disagree 100% with the comments yesterday from a sub that Flacco will be terrible. Flacco is a veteran Super Bowl MVP. I'm not saying he'll be anything near that, but I'm saying that if you combine him with all of our weapons and outstanding D, there is no way we can start 0 for 4, 0 for 5, and cause Locke to come in and start that early. If you look at Flacco's season's, if you look at Flacco's seasons, generally his worst season resulted in an 8-8 eight and eight record. So if your argument is that he will trend more toward his past four and five years, that sh- then shouldn't we be realistically looking more toward an 8-8 eight and eight year rather than an 0-4 start? I'm a Flacco supporter and believe 100% he will be the best QB we have seen since Peyton, and it will be very obvious. Hashtag Flacco for comeback player of the year. Lock it up. He finishes by saying, Ryan and Zach, just wanted to let you guys know, while I'm a newer sub, you guys have drastically changed my days. I drive 10 to 12 hours a day every day for my job, and being able to listen to excellent content about something I'm passionate about makes everything so much better. My annual sub cost is just a fraction of what you guys deserve for your efforts. Thank you again, your fellow humpback chub. That's awesome, Too man. Too cool. Too cool. Uh, Thank you so much for telling us. And now that you're a sub, you can get extra content uh, listening to the audio stories and... You uh, can listen to the Denver Sports Podcast, which I'm sure you'll enjoy as well, because exactly. you clearly are, have some Rockies involvement with the with the Humpback Chubbs reference. Um, by the way, him him mentioning something reminded me. You guys didn't have to feel bad about me not loving the movie <laughs> Idiocracy. I was totally joking about that. I mean, I, I wasn't joking about the fact that I didn't think it was a great movie, but it's okay. It was 81 minutes of my time that I didn't need at that moment. Um, <laughs> Someone, I think it was John Matthias, Venmoed me the three ninety nine. I don't want that. Don't do that. that it makes is amazing. me makes me feel guilty. But at the same time, it made me think, hey, if everyone wants to Venmo me five bucks, <laughs> oh, that brings that brings up a good point. If you feel bad that I watched Idiocracy, donate to the BSN World Tour. Mm, love it. Um, we're pretty far away from <laughs> pretty far away from the goal. Which, to be fair. We predicted. We predicted it would never work. Yep. Uh, but prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. <laughs> and if you feel bad, go donate, f- you know, four dollars to uh, the BSN World Tour, and then it, you'll get your money back eventually. <laughs> I don't even think they'll take the money away from you, but you can feel good, like you did uh, did something to repent for me 
having to watch that weird, weird movie. <laughs> had a really good cast. Really good cast. You're not going to convince me, Ryan. Not just my, stop. Not just my stop. type of humor. Just stop. It's not my type of humor. <laughs> All right. That wraps it up for us today. We got to get out to practice as we're missing out because, of course, we couldn't see Jamarius Way. Jamarius's Jamer- Jam- Way. Jamarius Way. Jamarius Make His Way. Do you know the Jamarius Way to San Jose? All right. <laughs> That's it. What? We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be the only people recapping today's practice. So you got to stay here with us. We love you. Talk to you then. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 